Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Good evening, I'm Arlene Bine, and let's go. I'm in for Alex Pearson. And as we were setting up the show, I mentioned asylum seekers. And we're going to get into it as we begin the show today. And it's it's really just one of these stories that takes Canada in a completely new direction. We're not used to it. At first, it was a little bit of a fluke after the immigration ban. And then it became alarming when we saw the numbers. And now we want to know. What are we going to do about it? The Liberal government is under the gun to really stop this. And it has become a big political story. And so it should be. But, you know, here's here's something. Here's something to lay it out. I mean, you've seen the pictures. We know these people are leaving the United States. They're coming here. We are very close to having more people walk across our border than those we brought in to Syria. How does that make you feel about this. There is a massive rise in asylum seekers, and now we're talking borders on foot, something we've never done before. Tristan Hopper writing a great piece in the National Post. He's going to stop us, uh, start us off tonight. Tristan is an award-winning reporter for the National Post, and we're happy to have him. Hi, Tristan. How are you? Oh, thanks so much for having me. It's, you know, in your piece, it really does paint a picture. It is amazing that we're going to have more people walk on foot across the border into this country than those in our famed Syrian refugee lift. What do you make of it? Yeah, yeah. So so there's that number. But I, I think the more surprising number is that uh, already, so in the first three, we have data for the first three months of 2018. So the sort of the main figure mm-hmm. that stood out to me is that for the first time, I think in Canadian history, I couldn't find any other time that this has been the case, Border crossers, people illegally crossing the border, have just pulled ahead of people who are filing for uh, asylum by legal channels. So normally the way you do it is you're either in Canada already or you show up at a border station or an overseas embassy and you say, I would like to apply for asylum in Canada. So in the first three months, we had just over 5,000 people illegally cross the border and claim asylum. Now, everybody doing it through the legal means, the way Canada would like you to do it, that was just, just that was like 4,475. So that gap is uh, set to get even larger uh, as the year progresses. And it kind of makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, if you are in need of asylum um, and you're anywhere, um, currently, wait, wait times can be as long as seven years. So if you're an Indian who needs asylum in Canada, you're looking at seven years. Uh, parts of Africa, it's five years. Uh, even someone in a Jordanian refugee camp uh, can be looking at one to two years. So that versus you just cross over the border and you're in Canada and can immediately have a work permit within a few few weeks. Uh, yeah, obviously you would illegally cross the border. This has been a political problem ever since it began. And it's growing for the liberal government, the prime minister being pressured to come up with some answers on this and not having a lot of them. You know, we have an election looming in the future. There's no way, Tristan, this isn't going to be a big issue. Your thoughts? Yeah, because I think it, there there has to be a uh, political solution to it. So this isn't one of those things that's just kind of going to fizzle out on its mm-hmm. own. Yeah. Uh, so you might think, and maybe you could have thought that at the beginning, because most of the border crossers were Haitian nationals. And then what happened is Donald Trump rescinded temporary protected status for Haitian nationals. The U.S. government said, well, Haiti's kind of come, it's bounced back after the earthquake, so you no longer need to stay here. 
so we're taking away your status. So if you don't leave, or you, unless you figure out some other status in the United States, you could be deported back to Haiti. So at the beginning, it would have been possible to think, well, maybe once all the Haitians worried about their status have crossed into Canada, then this whole thing will just stop on its own. But now the reports we're getting from the border is that they're no longer Haitians. Now it's majority Nigerians and other nationals. So word has gotten out that you can walk across the border and, you know, be given hot soup and meet with, meet with the Canadian Border Services Agency and have your, your asylum claim looked at. And, you know, worst case scenario, um, you're in Canada for a few years as they review your claims. So that has gotten out. And uh, I think many people are responding to that. Whether they are, I mean, uh, large numbers of this uh, of these people could be legitimate refugees. Of the claims that have been processed so far, about half have been accepted as refugee claimants. Now, that's a very small portion of the, uh, of the asylum seekers we're seeing, but that still means that half have been turned away. It is. The prime minister is getting some criticism for the tweet after the immigration ban saying, you know, Canada doesn't believe in this. And then, you know, as you talk about these people are getting here and meeting with the border security, it's not that easy. If that tweet is interpreted that, hey, we're accepting everybody, the laws are still the laws for these people. Yeah, it sounds crazy. Uh, I mean, the first time I heard it, this is uh, this is the the argument from from a number of conservatives that they say, well, um, Donald Trump put in his, uh, he called it the travel ban, other people mm-hmm. call it the Muslim ban. This is where uh, all travel between the U.S. and seven countries, mostly Muslim-majority countries, uh, was, was canceled. Uh, so when that was put in as sort of a direct reaction, Justin Trudeau put out a tweet saying, you know, you're welcome in Canada, regardless mm-hmm. of your religion, hashtag diversity is our strength. Uh, now that became a massive tweet. It's one of the biggest, most circulated tweets of 2017. Mm-hmm. And so the conservative argument is, uh, Trudeau put that out, and it was interpreted essentially as like, our door is wide open, come into Canada. And then that started this this flood of refugees. Now, certainly the rate of border crossers did dramatically go up almost immediately after that tweet was put out. And uh, the National Post, we have obtained emails from diplomatic missions mm-hmm. uh, where uh, you have consular officials saying that uh, we've been deluged with inquiries. Uh, because there, there is a sense uh, that is known all around the world. You can see this tweet in all manner of. So there was a cause and effect here. There was a, this was uh, the effect of that. Well, I guess the counterpoint is you could say, mm-hmm. well, regardless of the tweet, these are people fleeing Trump. Uh, but uh, definitely, what we've heard from within the government is that uh, this tweet uh, it did contribute uh, towards a general sense that uh, Canada would. Uh, accept people. And yeah, of course, the tweet didn't get into specifics about the conditions under which we would legally accept people. You know, we got pictures of tents. We know they're building a new a new buildings. We've got the mayor of Toronto saying there's a lot of people in the emergency shelters. It's having an effect here. And the numbers keep climbing. Also pressure on the United States here to do something about it. And so far, what are they saying now? They're having meaningful discussions. Yeah, so I, I guess the, uh, the the main reason it's these are illegal border crossings is, is so the deal is we have an arrangement with uh, the United States called the Safe Third Country Agreement, mm-hmm. and this was put together after September 11th. So September 11th happens, and then little Pakistan and Manhattan empties out, saying, well, we're not staying in the U.S. anymore. Uh, we're going to go to Canada. So Canada was deluged uh, with asylum seekers showing up at our ports of entry. So what we did is we struck an agreement with the United States and said, well, here's the deal. You're a safe country. You're the U.S. So if someone shows up at the U.S.-Canadian land border seeking asylum, under this agreement, Canadian Border Services can say, well, you're already in a safe country. You're in the United States, so you don't need to seek asylum in Canada, so we're turning you away. So 
if you're a Haitian national in the United States and you're trying to claim asylum in Canada, you'll be turned away. However, the agreement only applies to ports of entry. So if you illegally cross into Canada mm-hmm. and then make a refugee claim just over the border, that's an inland claim, and that's different, and the safe third country agreement doesn't apply. So that's why, uh, at least at the beginning, everyone was uh, crossing into Canada illegally through and there's you know two or three places where it's particularly easy to just sort of cross a ditch, and those have become hubs for all these border crossings. You know, it's amazing how ironic, and I know the United States, I think the caravan has arrived in the United States. We know the president campaigned on immigration. We know there's a lot of Americans concerned about what happens in the Mexican border. As Canadians, well, we had one eye on it, but we didn't, we, we, it didn't resonate with us. We're, as I said, we're a big, technically an island, huge country, mountains, oceans, things. Look at what's happening. This is really strange for Canada. It is, uh, yeah, it's, a new, um, it's a new kind of political reality. So one of the sources I spoke to, uh, Rash mm-hmm. Sharma, an immigration lawyer in Calgary, he was pointing out that this is one of the first times in modern history in which Canada hasn't really been able to choose its immigrants in a sense. I mean, yeah. um, before, I mean, we're a very pro-immigration country. It's, I struggle to think of another country that is more pro- pro-immigration uh, than Canada. And the large part of that is that we've kind of had our pick of the litter when it comes to immigrants. Canada is very strict about who they let mm-hmm. in, uh, point system, et cetera. So this is kind of a new era for us. A lot of countries have uh, dealt with just streams of people coming over the border. They can vet them, but they can't really choose who they are. The United States has had that with its Mexican border. You're seeing Europe have it with uh, refugees coming in uh, from the Middle East. So Canada hasn't really had it before. Uh, so you know, the fear is that uh, our super pro-immigration sentiment uh, it's not, it, we're good people, but it's also because Canada has never faced streams of people coming in over but the But people are concerned here, yeah. As you say, it's one thing if you're picky, it's another thing when people are coming, and it's going to be interesting to see if it strains Canada here. Yeah, and that's not to say, uh, I mean, people, Canadian Border Services, they're, they're being vetted. So, you know, presumably if a full-blown criminal shows up, They'll be able to catch them before they are. And you say presumably, so we hope so. Uh, Yes. So, I mean, if you ask Canadian Border Services, they will say, well, we are applying the same strict strictures we would apply in any case. Uh, But uh, of course, the, the numbers are just absolutely huge. So we have to trust them that they can maintain the same level of screening. Um, based on, you know, even faced with a delusion, immense pressure to do it faster. All right. Tristan Hopper, it was great to have you. Thank you. Great piece in the Post. Thank you. Tristan Hopper is uh, with the National Post. Go to thenationalpost.com and read it, because this is our new reality. We're going to take a break, and when we return, it is counterpoint. Let's debate. I'm Arlene Bunn, and in for Alex Pearson. This is Global News Radio.